The biggest thing here, and the whole reason that we're creating the Stack app for doing this is time is your biggest enemy. So anything that you can do to speed up your process will make this a more digestible process for you because the whole reason it exists is because we want to be able to move more cards faster. That's why we stack sell. This is Good Sellers, a podcast for collectors who want to learn how to sell the cards they don't want so they can get their hands on the cards they need. In every episode, we uncover the secrets collectors use to move their cards so you can sell more and sell faster. Let's get started. Hey, this is JB. I'm the CEO of Stack and your host for this episode of Good Sellers. Good Sellers is brought to you by Stack, an app where you can run and launch Stack sales directly from your phone. Using Stack, collectors will claim what they want from your sale, and then Stack will automatically reconcile who claimed what, send out your totals, collect payment, and create the labels so that after a sale, all you have to do is hit print and drop your package at the post office. Well, with that, and Stack not being out yet and ready for a 2023 launch, probably somewhere in Q2, I want to get into really the way that Stack came to be. I ran sales for years, still do on occasion, but have turned my attention elsewhere. And I've done episodes talking about using consignment tools like DC Sports 87, using ComC as a database to send smaller end cards. But really where I started in this hobby was that I got on Twitter uh, after using eBay for a year or so. You know, I got back into the hobby in late 2018 when Soto was a rookie. I actually was chasing Acuna cards and there was this rookie that was in a lot of packs that I'd heard quite a bit about that were the Acuna packs in 2018 update. And I said, hey, you know, I'm going to start collecting this guy. And so over time, I was putting cards on eBay, trying to figure out how to sell. And then I got onto Twitter where I saw there was a pretty vibrant marketplace going on on Twitter. And so I, I actually started by buying cards on Twitter. And I remember reaching out to a good friend of mine and saying, hey, you know, I, I just bought it was the uh, Mike Trout Emerald Sliding 2013 PSA 10. At the time, it was the most expensive card that I had ever bought. I believe it was $250. And my buddy told me, you know, you're going to get scammed. Don't buy things off Twitter. You know, you have protection on eBay. And I said, you know, I just, I see it a little bit differently. Twitter really seems like there's this community of people who are interacting with each other, engaging with each other. And that was where I really started some of my some of my experimentation buying and selling on the Twitter platform itself. And that's where I learned about stack selling. And what stack selling was in the early times and still is a lot of the time was people would run these sales for open-ended amounts of time. So a stack sale was, you know, you're posting cards and people can close out their stacks with you when they see fit. So you know, let's say I post a lot of 25 cent cards, some of them are vets, whatever. And I could say, hey, you know, take Ryan Zimmerman, take, you know, I'm a Nats fan, take Ryan Zimmerman, take Jason Worth, whatever. So that's 50 cents added to my stack. And the idea being that after I build up physically a stack of cards with that seller, I can check out and that way save money on shipping while buying smaller cards. And I did that for a long, long time before I had a big, 
log of graded cards I was selling. I mean, I think I've sold all the way down to 10 cent cards on Twitter. Here's, you know, 36 10 cent cards, claim what you want, working my way up to, you know, 25 cent cards and then 50 cent cards and dollar cards, $10 cards. Hey, here's $100 cards that I was able to build kind of my presence, my inventory, what have you all through selling on Twitter. And, you know, I think that with that, there was a lot of opportunity to move cards in a faster way. For me, eBay just wasn't ever really something that I wanted to do. And I still don't really do. I mean, for the vast majority of the things that I sell on eBay, they're going through a consignment service because I simply don't feel like going through the work of putting in all of this information into an eBay listing just to maybe sell it if it's on a buy now or run an auction. I'd rather pay someone else to run my auction for me who also probably has more visibility. So what I want to do on today's podcast episode is really break down my process for running a stack sale. Over time, I've probably sold, I think I looked at my pirate ship. I've sent almost 2,000 packages through pirate ship, the vast majority of which coming through stack selling. And I didn't even, I moved to pirate ship after using PayPal ship now for a long time. So we're probably talking about me shipping somewhere between three and 4,000 packages through sales on Twitter. And what I wanted to do today was to break down my process for stack selling. When it comes to stack selling, there are five major parts to the process. You have listing, reconciling, invoicing, labeling, and shipping. I'm going to go through each of those five steps and really how I do them. So for listing your cards, this is getting your cards onto Twitter and having them posted. I go through my process of pricing in advance. And what I do with this is I actually build out a spreadsheet and that spreadsheet has five categories. Buyer, that'll be empty for now. Then I have card name or lot name or lot number with the set. So that's two. I have grade if there is one in the grading company. So if it's a PSA 9 or CGC 7 because they grade super hard, I think they've gotten a little bit easier. Then I put the price of the card and comps. So once I've done that, so buyer, card name, price, comps, grade, uh, and really any order that you want. And so for me, it's very big for me to be able to price in advance. It doesn't take me a lot of time when I work through what I plan on selling in my stack sale. And that allows me to not have to do that at the end. What you're going to hear in this process is there's a lot of work at the end. It can be kind of crazy. You're sending off a lot of things, getting a lot of things in. And for me, it became much easier because all I had to do at the end of a sale was in that empty buyer category, right? You have your card name with set, you have your grade, you have your price and you have your comps, which for the record, I, I like having the comps in there because when you're posting a lot of cards on Twitter, especially consecutively, people don't necessarily know if you're giving them good deals or not. And I like to have the comps to be like, hey, you know, this card is five, ten dollars under comps. I've seen that it gets people to buy a little bit more quickly. So I do put the comps in there, especially as people are much more price conscious in the account in the state of the economy and with cards, and they want room. You know, you hear that a lot. I want room to be able to make some money off of this. So if let's say it's a slab that's $50 and I'm selling it for 40, I'll put, hey, you know, comps are 47, 52, 55. 
And all of a sudden, someone's like, hey, you know, I think I can make $15 off this card. So I take a lot of that time out up front to really make sure that I have all my prices locked in and that that way, all I have to do is take my pictures and I already have my price, take my picture, post my card, take my picture, post my card, take my picture, post my card. And I'm not worried about, all right, let me look through one, you know, 130 point or eBay sold or what have you after the fact. So that for me has made the listing process much easier. So now we've listed all our cards. For me, I, I don't do stack sales over time. I've had guys like Dan Nothi on here, a DMN Takeover, who says, you know, he keeps his stacks rolling at all times. A very old school way of doing it. He's been doing this since 2013. For me, it's more of a sale, right? I'm doing it over the course of a night. Whatever gets taken, gets taken. Maybe I wait till the next morning. But for the most part, I'm running this as a, you know, an individual sale. I've got 50 cards. I want to get them listed. I want to get them up. And whoever takes them, takes them. And then, you know, I'm going to begin my reconciliation process. So this is step two, is reconciling. And for me on Twitter, reconciling can be the most difficult component of stack selling, especially when you're posting lots. So what I do is, well, first off, the reason it's difficult is because comments on Twitter are not listed chronologically. So if you click onto a post and you see 10 people said take, or let's say it is a lot and 10 people said the same name of a person, you will not be able to tell who was first, especially if you have a lot of eyes on your sale. And the reason is, is because it's not broken down by the second, it's broken down by the minute. And so if five people say take or say a name all within the first minute of you posting the lot, then you're going to have no way later on of knowing who was first. So what I do in a big piece of my reconciliation process is to actually like the tweet that comes in first. So I post a lot, list it, and then I wait two minutes, right? I wait two minutes before posting the next one. And I see who says take first. And I like that tweet. That gives me a nice red heart on my post. And so that way, when I do go through to reconcile, I can see who the first person was without having to look at time codes and timestamps and cross-reference back in my notifications. So I just kind of refresh my notifications a few times on Twitter, wait to see who came in first, like that tweet. Once that's liked, I can move on to the next thing. When I am going through this reconciliation process, so I have all of my tweets liked in real time, I'm able to go through and click post by post, see who has the red heart. Sometimes I miss it. That's okay. But see who has the red heart. And then I take their Twitter username, not their name name. So at whatever for me, Old Town Cards. And I put that into my spreadsheet that I made, right? I said that buyer section is empty. Well, now during the reconciliation process, it's time to fill that in. And so I go through post by post and I fill in the buyer, which makes it easy when I go to send my invoices, I then sort by buyer and I can see everything that an individual claimed. This is going to help you a lot in a variety of ways, but there's a reason why I use the Twitter handle versus a name. Okay. So now we've gone through all of our reconciliation process. We have all of the, you know, lots that were taken or individual cards that were taken and we have our totals. And so what I do for the next step, which is step three, which is invoicing is, and this is why I have the Twitter handles, is I now just find the total and I grab their Twitter handle. I see how much they owe me and I send out 
a nice note to them via DM on Twitter. I say, hey, thanks for joining the sale. You know, your total is $55 shipped. You know, maybe I had 4 or $5 for shipping, which I usually announce up front. You know, your, your total is $55, $55 shipped. Please pay to, you know, whatever at gmail.com on PayPal. And then this is a big piece of this during the invoicing process is I say, hey, can you send me your name and address on Twitter once you have paid? And I do this for two very specific reasons. The first reason is gives me an alert. Your PayPal, if you've made 30, 50, 70 transactions from this sale and you just sent off all of your invoices, your PayPal is going to be a mess. I have people who send me PayPals from their cousin or their wife's PayPal. And, you know, it's Susie Q, but the person who bought from me is at, you know, John C's cards. It's very difficult for me to be able to cross-reference that. So what I really like people to do is let me know with a notification that they paid, and then all I'm really trying to do is cross-reference the actual total, not just getting overwhelmed by totals and having to figure out who is what. You basically are saying, hey, Justin, I sent my address. I'm letting you know that I paid. And that's what I say. Please send your address once you've paid. The second reason is, is for the labeling process. And I'm going to explain that in a second. But the same idea basically is, yes, you're going to have people who are going to say, Justin, my, my address is in my PayPal. Just use that. Well, I then have to go through that same process again when I need your address because I don't use a PayPal ship. I use pirate ship. And so I would have to go through the same process of, let me go find your name on PayPal. And then I can, you know, and then I have to spend time doing that. The biggest thing here and the whole reason that we're creating the stack app for doing this is time is your biggest enemy. So anything that you can do to speed up your process will make this a more digestible process for you because the whole reason it exists, the whole reason we're not going to eBay is because we want to be able to move more cards faster. That's why we stack sell. I want to be able to sell 50 cards in three hours, not 50 cards over the course of an entire weekend of just getting them live on eBay. So the invoicing process, you're sending out your payments. And then I, what I do is I usually highlight that person's name in a certain color. I use blue that they paid. And then I use red once I've shipped. So you have all of your payments coming in. People are sending you their address. Great. You're highlighting them in blue. Let's say everyone's highlighted in blue. All of your people paid and you're ready to go. So now I move into the labeling process. The way I do this for simplicity's sake is I do labeling and shipping kind of together. So um, do that as you see fit for me. I just, organization is so key and I don't want to print out 50 labels and then have to once again figure out who they go with. So when I'm doing my labeling and shipping, just for the audience, keep in mind that I've got like all my shipping supplies out and I'm doing my labeling at that time. So it's like print a label, package the package, slap it on goes into my, you know, post office bag and then rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat through 50 packages and how it all splayed out right here, actually, where I'm recording this is also my kind of shipping room. And that's how I do that. But I'll get into shipping in a second for the labeling process. So I mentioned how it's important to have that person's name in your spreadsheet as they are on Twitter. You have them marked in blue, so you're ready to ship. So what I do from there is I grab that person's name on Twitter, I copy it into my DM search bar, 
then their message is going to pull up. In that message, what you have is their address. So on one side of my screen, I have Twitter. On the other side of my screen, I have Pirate Ship, which is the tool I use for shipping. And I just grab their address, put it into Pirate Ship, print my label. Pirate Ship is great because they have a copy function of the label. I then copy that label. I send it to them in Twitter. I already have their Twitter DM pulled up, so there's no need to even search them out. And I say, you know, here's your tracking. Boom, it's done. And you have your label. And then you do that for the all of the labels that you need to print. So let's combine that with shipping. So you have your label created. And this is the final step, step five. You have your label created. And now you have to package your package. A couple of just things here. You know, I try to buy my shipping supplies in bulk. You know, these are not big dollar sales a lot of times when you're, when you're running these stack sales. So, you know, try to save some money on shipping. I try to ship at the lowest cost, which is, you know, hopefully under four ounces is going to keep you to like under $4 in shipping. So, you know, package up your cards, try to save, you know, if you can on some top loaders and what have you. You know, if people are buying 15 cent cards, giving them a top loader with every single with every single one of those 15 cent cards, it's just going to be tough for you to make any sort of margin on that. So just be careful on using them. A lot of times what I'll do is I'll sandwich cards. If people are buying a lot of inexpensive cards or, you know, a lot, put a top loader on the top card, top loader on the bottom card, get them in a team bag, throw them into penny sleeves and then kind of sandwich them in there. There's a lot of things that you can do, but just try to be cognizant of the fact that you know, you're providing a service that otherwise people can't get. It does cost you money as well. Some honorable mentions here that are not included in the five-step process. And just to recap that five-step process, if you don't remember, is going to be, the first thing is going to be listing. So create your listings in advance, build them out with those five different categories that I mentioned. The second piece is reconciling, liking tweets as you go, making sure to just be able to plug in quickly the buyer's Twitter handle into your spreadsheet. From there, invoicing, sending out those invoices using that Twitter handle that you put into your spreadsheet saying, hey, you know, here's your total. And then labeling, so printing out your labels and shipping. So the honorable mentions that I had were uh, promotion. So in advance of your sale, I would usually promote my sale about 24 hours in advance. And I would do it typically in two ways. One is a lot of times I would do a giveaway. Hey, you know, retweet this tweet. I'm running a sale tomorrow. This is a, and I usually put like a nice picture of what I'm going to be selling. And then on top of it, I put the giveaway card. Hey, I'm going to be giving away, you know, this PSA nine, you know, maybe it's a $15 card. Maybe it's, it's less depending on kind of the value of the sale. But I'm going to be giving away this card, retweet this tweet to enter the giveaway. I'll run the giveaway at the start of the sale. Another thing I've noticed when I'm getting a lot of eyes on a sale, like I'm posting and I feel like I'm posting to a, to a vacuum and no one is claiming anything. I may give away things during the sale as well. And what I do is I say, hey, you need to have a stack to claim this giveaway card. And then you'll see people will start buying things so that they can get the free card, even if the card isn't worth very much at all compared to what they're claiming. It's amazing what people will do for free things. So in addition to the giveaways, either giveaway in advance or giveaway during your sale, also creating a running tab of the people who buy from you. So amazing thing with keeping a spreadsheet. And I keep all of my sales in one spreadsheet for this reason. One of the amazing things about keeping all of the Twitter handles in a spreadsheet is you very easily can go and see the people who have bought from you. 
So let's say you're running very targeted sales, right? So let's say this is a Pokemon sale that you're running and you've run Pokemon sales in the past and you can go through and look at your spreadsheet of all of the Twitter handles of people who have bought Pokemon cards from you in the past. So when you go to announce your sale, tag these people. Say, hey, at whatever, at whatever, at whatever, at whatever. Add 20, 50 people. And say, hey, I'm running a Pokemon sale tonight. Would love if you joined or retweet this for awareness. So promotion is huge. Do giveaways and create basically your virtual CRM of people who buy from you. The last piece of advice is really just trying to stay organized. Get a sorting tray. Keep your lots in order so that they're easy to find later. And a big thing for me that I've noticed that people do is after their sale, they separate their stacks by buyer. For me, I always found that to be an unnecessary use of time and space. I'll see entire kitchen tables with all of the different buyers' names and all of their cards stacked up. For me, I keep them organized in a sorting tray based on how the order that I posted them. And then when I go to actually sort them for shipping, so I've printed my label and now I'm going to go ship, I don't have them all already separated. I just grab them. I'm like, okay, this person grabbed this card, this card, this card, and this card. I grab them all at that time and then I ship them off. I don't find a need to sort them in advance. I don't see how that helps. Maybe someone who listens to this is going to tell me how that helps them. But I used to do that. I used to have a, a giant table and I would go by and meticulously make each stack. And I found that that was just completely unnecessary. So, you know, any little thing that you can do to save time, but that stack selling, you know, it's funny. This is really how the idea came to be for the app that we're creating is that I was doing these and I was talking to one of my business partners, the one who's actually the one creating the app. And I was like, yeah, you know, I'm doing this stuff. It's called stack selling on Twitter. It's just really, you know, there, there's a lot of pieces of it that could be sped up, but you know, I think I've created a pretty darn good process. And he's like, oh, interesting. So it's working for you, but feels like uh, there could be ways to improve it. Tell me more. And, you know, that's what we set out to create. But until that time, and even after we create our app, people are still going to sell on Twitter. I know that's not going away. So if I can impart any knowledge of how I've done this with thousands of packages that I've shipped off doing stack selling, I'm happy to. Anyone who's listening, if you want access to a template of the spreadsheet that, that I use. I'm happy to share that as well. But that's it for today. That's how I stack sell on Twitter. This was another episode of Good Sellers. I appreciate you tuning in. Thanks for listening to Good Sellers. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to follow along wherever you get your favorite podcasts. To learn more about the hobby and how to sell your cards faster and easier, visit us at stacksales.io. We'll see you next time.